We've all heard the saying, learn to love the process. But why learn to love something? Why not create a process that is easy to love? Welcome to Peace with the Process, where I bring you professionals who specialize in the processes we incorporate to sustain consistent, healthy growth. I believe in learning from others' mistakes and successes. So I also bring on entrepreneurs who have been in the trenches and tell us how they got there and how they got out. I hope you find something in today's episode that you can apply to your own life and that you find your peace with the process along the way. Let's get started. Hey everybody and welcome back to Peace with the Process. I just want to say happy friggin' new year. So 2020 is over, 2021 is here. Uh, By this time I think we're several days into the new year. What, this podcast releases on next Tuesday, so that's 12 days into the new year. Um, If you thought 2021 was going to be uh, the perfect year, don't be surprised if it doesn't turn out that way. Uh, You've got to prepare for the type of year that you want to have. So you have to have the right things in place to have the kind of year that you want to have. If you keep expecting external circumstances to create the type of life that you're going to live this year, then you're just you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck living a life that the world is determining for you. So I don't know. I just I feel like I need to to harp on this for just a minute here because I'm seeing it all over the place. You know, 2021 is going to be a better year. How do you know? Have you prepared for a better year? Have you planned for a better year than the year that you had last year? Because it has almost nothing to do with external external circumstances as to whether or not you have a good or bad year. What it has to do with is, did you plan for a good or bad year? It's a very common saying, uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. How many of you are realistically planning this year? I just got done. Um, actually, I say I just got done. By the time I'm recording this, um, I'm on, I've got one day left of my one-year planning. And then my wife and I will actually be getting together uh, a day or two after this podcast released to get together and do our planning as a family. So it is very important that you plan. And what I want to make sure that all of you are aware of, this year I am going to be really ramping up my one-on-one time management uh, consulting. So I believe that time is one of our biggest commodities. Contrary to popular belief, you actually can get more time. You can move things around to make things available so that you can spend that time on things that are more important to you. It's not any different than if you were to stop paying for your Netflix account so that you could start using that money to pay down some bills so that later on down the road, you could have more money for multiple vacations a year rather than saving up for just one vacation a year. So you get what I'm saying? You know, you're, you live and you die, so you're always going to have the same amount of time, but what you do with it in the middle is very much handled like money. And I don't think enough of us understand that. 
you're spending money right now as we speak. Maybe you're driving in the car. Maybe you've got your headphones in while you're working. Um, maybe you're going for a run. You know, Maybe you're doing some real beneficial things with your time right now. If you're not, I want this to be a reality check. If you're not sure what you could be doing better or you want to make sure that what you are doing is important to you, let's get a conversation going. Uh, your best place to start is going to be by heading over to peacewiththeprocess.com, clicking on the articles section right there underneath assets, and pull up the, uh, the article on do you know what you value. That's where it all starts. You need to know what you value so that you can identify the tasks, the activities, all the things that you're spending your time on throughout the day. Identify which value those tasks and activities are actually serving. If they're not serving any of them, what do you think we should do? Probably stop doing them. So this is going to give you some amazing clarity. You're going to have a better understanding of your, your time expenditure. You're going to know what you're spending your time on. You're going to know what's not worth spending your time on because it doesn't help serve some of your values. And you'll also know what's worth investing your time into. The same things that you should know about your money, what is worth spending money on, what's not worth spending my money on, what should I be spending my money on as an investment into myself. And that's another thing I want you guys to think about this year. How much money are you spending investing on yourself? If you would buy a book... Why wouldn't you buy a course? Why wouldn't you look into one of the guests that we have on the show and put some money into learning more about what courses uh, they offer? You will grow as much as you're willing to put into it, whether that's time or money. And that's really what this year is going to come down to. What are you spending your time on and what are you spending your money on? Now, I'm not a financial expert, so I'm not going to go into too much detail about how you spend your money. And frankly, you haven't asked me, but you're listening to this show. So I'm going to tell you a few things about time management uh, since I've got your attention. And the best place to start is by understanding what you value. Get specific about what you value under your relationships, self, health, and wealth. They're in that order for a reason. So get specific about what that is. Read that article at peacewiththeprocess.com. Underneath the assets tab, you will see a section there for articles. You can pull up the do you know what you value article. Read through that. There's videos in there as well if you're not a reader. Um, so you can watch the videos as well to kind of get an idea for putting together uh, a decent sheet of what you value and reference that throughout this year. It may change at different points in the year, and that's perfectly fine. And it should actually shift a little bit, you know, here and there. It shouldn't be changing all the time, uh, but it should shift a little bit. So that's something that I want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Now, you can you can attempt to do this, uh, get your values and things, put that stuff together. You can do that on your own, by all means. Get that done and do it on your own. Um, but if you want something that's more one-on-one, -on -one, you want an opportunity to really 
get down to the nitty gritty about what it is that you have going on in life, you and I can work together to figure out how we can start shifting some things around to serve you. Um, you know, feel free to ask me any questions that you may have. So if you are looking into uh, a one-on-one opportunity with me, just head on over to Facebook, hop on our Facebook page, shoot me a message through uh, our website. Now, you can also head over to peacewiththeprocess.com and shoot me a message through there. There's a contact form down at the bottom. Reach out to me on any of my mediums. You can hit me on Instagram. Uh, I just set up a Twitter account. Um, I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. We've got a page in there for LinkedIn. We just set that up as well. It's a couple of things that we're doing here in 2020, getting ourselves on several different platforms. Uh, And we are also now on Clubhouse. So by the time that this episode actually airs, I will have already done a couple of different uh, co-hosting and hosting events on Clubhouse. If you're not familiar with Clubhouse, look into it. I have already used up my invitation that I have so far, so I cannot invite you, but I know you probably have friends to invite you to that. An amazing platform, by the way. Um, So that's just kind of what I'm on right now. If you're unsure where to get started with your year and planning to have a good year and not failing to plan, which is in turn planning to fail, if you're planning on having a good year this year, you're not quite sure where to start or you want just some assistance, somebody in your corner uh, to help you out with how you're managing your time, because I truly believe that is going to be the foundation for everything you do this year, is how you're spending your time, reach out to me. Again, head on over to peacewiththeprocess.com, scroll down to the bottom and use the contact me form or head over to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, or LinkedIn or Clubhouse. Reach out to me on any of those platforms and we can get started working together. All right, guys. So I got that out of the way. There is so much more coming available to all of you and I'm excited for 2021. It's going to be an amazing year because I planned on it. (laughs) And we have an amazing guest uh, to start this year off, Mr. Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman. Now, if you are in the UFC world, you have probably heard his name. He raked uh, seventh in the world, I think back in 2017. Don't quote me on that. I don't have it right here in front of me. But the things that he has done, the transitions he has made in life have been phenomenal. So you see the the title of this podcast, teacher, fighter, speaker, reader. Those are just a few of his titles. So we're going to go through several of his transitions in life and how each stage of his life all comes in to combine uh, into uh, one amazing package that allows him to do what he does today by empowering people uh, with amazing principles that he has learned along his journey. So without further ado, here is Charlie the Spaniard Brennan. All right, I got Charlie the Spaniard Brenneman on the show today, man. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing well now that we're at least for the minute uh, getting past these technical glitches, but I'm doing well and I appreciate being here. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, uh, the, the technology these days is it's amazing. It's a blessing and a curse. It is. And, and with more, it, you know, what's funny is, you know, I've been doing my podcast for, for over four years. 
And when I would, you know, just in daily talk, uh, you know, I'd mention Zoom. It was like nobody had any idea what Zoom was, even until like right before COVID hit. Nobody really knew what Zoom was. And now it's 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 um, just like the term social distancing, right? Like it's a part of our vernacular now. And, and it's crazy how fast <laughs> that changed. Yeah, man. You know, workforces all over the world, mine included, uh, they're all working remote now. You know, um, I always wondered what my generation thing would be uh you know you've got world war one world war two uh you know the dust bowl the great depression whatever it was and uh and and we got covid you know so yeah man i'll tell you what i'm i'm uh reading a book right now which we'll talk about i'm sure books in general but uh it's called the worst hard time and it was about the dust bowl the great american dust bowl in the uh 19 late 20s and 30s it's incredible like i think in general people operate you know from a a, a me or a here and a now and and we're dealing with this thing and we've never known it before and it's the worst certainly the worst global i mean i don't the only i think global thing that we've all dealt with together and it's crazy to read not crazy but helpful actually to read about other times in history that were tough or tougher or you know it's just one of the it's, it's like talking you know like like talking helps for therapy uh reading about other times in history somehow it has a positive effect but the dust bowl was crazy man the, the history that goes along with that yeah, man. No, ab absolutely. So without getting on too much of a tangent, you know, a different topic, uh, I had a friend of mine who was telling me the other day about his great grandfather or his grandfather. I don't remember which one it was, but and I think it was World War Two. So he's telling me this story. Obviously, I didn't grab the details too well, but he's telling me this story about how um, the government came to his, we'll just say great grandfather's house and told him, hey, you have to quit your job and you have to come work at this ammo manufacturing plant. That's that's what you'll do now. You know, that's what you're going to do. So for that to happen back then, and then you've got all these uh, people who are who think that the uh, that the mask mandate is just ridiculous. Imagine if the government came knocking on everybody's door today uh, telling us we all have to go change our jobs completely it's just crazy how different the world different our perspective has become since it is not very far back as world war ii you know uh, to where it is now as far as what we consider to be uh ridiculous for the government to ask us to do so uh you know so that really made me think about how i have not been studying up on my history uh, enough like like at all so it's really made me aware of how many other things I could possibly learn from uh, just by you know going back and checking the history books you know what I mean yeah and also you know to to add on to that and refer back to the dust bowl you know I'm reading first of all I of course we heard the word quarantine before all this but like how often did you use it? You know, it's like a word that you just, you knew you heard, but that was about as far as it went. Uh, with this book, The the Dust Bowl, uh, the, the Worst Hard Time, again, this was the late 20s and 30s, but I mean, people were wearing masks. Uh, and the masks, like there was actually, the, the, it, it made me, uh, 
you know, like, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, it's talking about the, the dust molecules getting through the gaps in the mask. You know, people, we have that debate today where the masks really help. But I was talking about the masks. It was talking about schools being shut down. I was talking about people being out of work, unemployment rates. So it was like, holy smokes, like this is not such a it's not like this has never happened before. It certainly has happened before. And we progressed, progressed so much to the point that most of us don't even know about it. So it's hopeful in the sense that, hey, we'll get past this as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I absolutely agree. Okay, so let's, let's, I want to learn more about what you've got going on and where you came from. So, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit. Uh, I've looked into your story a little bit, but I want to give our listeners an idea for, you know, the, the small town guy who is making a huge impact in the world. You've gone from, uh, I believe it was, you were a teacher, then you were uh, a fighter, uh, then you were a speaker, an author, and you've made several, several different transitions in your life uh, to what you do. Uh, today, you know, which I think is uh, a little bit of the the speaking as well as uh, some of the writing. And I want to hear about, you know, the story, what led you to go through all those different phases in life and, you know, kind of where you've landed at today. Yeah, you know, it starts out a very simple at a very simple place in a a, I'm a very simple guy and I come from a, a, a pretty standard regular family. You know, we're all character. I actually when you were talking earlier about you know, the, the, the gentleman being told, Hey, if to quit your job and come work in this ammo factory, the, the thing that popped into my mind was character, you know, and one of the reasons I, that it wouldn't go down so well among many other ones, but I, there's just so much a less of a focus on character of people. Uh, that's one of the reasons I love reading and learning so much and interviewing people, you know, the same as you do, because it, it just teaches you so much, right. About how to live well and be well. And, uh, so we we're just taught my siblings and I were taught character at a young age and hard work and, you know, commitment and determination, all that stuff. But as I got older, I thought, I don't want to say I thought small cause I never really thought small, you know, I, I athletics and academics were my primary focus. Uh, you know, I had a healthy social life, but it, it never got in the way of, of, you know, going to a tournament or cutting weight or, you know, it, 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 that was first. It was like, I mean, I hate to say wrestling was in front of academics. They went hand in hand, but it was like nothing's going to get in the way of wrestling. Um, and so I, I, that, I took that as far as I could take it, and I got a job, which was my dream, to teach in my hometown. And, you know, I taught for a couple of years, and I got restless. And, and then I, I just started – basically I had a thought, like a weird thought. Um, you know, a friend of mine had signed to fight in the UFC, Frankie Edgar – who's still fighting. And, uh, I thought, boy, maybe I should do that. And it kind of coincided at the right time. It was like, I was kind of getting bored with teaching. I was missing the discipline and commitment that went along with, with, uh, an intense lifestyle. And then I kind of had that idea and, and thought I didn't actually think about it. I just decided it on a, on a whim. And then that really opened the door to my future and where I am today and the way I think today. And, and it's, you know, an ongoing process, uh, still evolving and changing. And, and I, I like that. I enjoy it. Um, but I've never left that, that ret simplistically put that wrestling lifestyle. That is one of hard work and dedication and sacrifice and discipline and pursuit and getting back up. You know, it was all that stuff I learned in wrestling that still sticks with me today. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I very often uh, on this show and with, uh, with, with some of the other guests have talked about the impact that the, you know, fitness or sports industry has on the concepts of self-improvement, uh, learning to overcome obstacles, you know, the mental and the physical battles that we go to go through and not just in sports, not just in, you know, fitness that expands to so many other areas. It's just all the more heightened in the fitness and sports industry, which I'm sure, uh, you obviously know a lot about, and that's where a lot of what you speak on today comes from. Uh, what would you say are, you know, at the foundation of your, uh, of your, uh, sports career that have really shaped things? Well, for, for whether, you know, whether these, so I'm going to give you the arc of a presentation that I would give. So I, I speak a lot and I, I less now, but, but, uh, I, I do a lot of public speaking and a lot of it is in schools. And so I use the, the story of my, my life really as the arc of the presentation. And within that arc, I, I pull out some lessons. And so whether, however they rose to the surface, you know, the arc of the presentation is having a, a goal or a dream, right? Being in a spot where, where you, you, you latch onto an idea and you just go after it. Um, then we get into the winning and losing, right? The, the reality that you're going to win and that you're going to lose, and then you're going to get back up again. Like that's, that goes without saying, um, I mentioned in there within the dreaming that it's not li linear, like you, you can go left and right, but the idea is to keep moving forward. Um, and then post the, the winning and losing, I, I really get into, especially with young people, but I think we can all take a dose of this medicine, the importance of kindness, right? And, and especially with young people, I get into social media, um, bullying, social bullying, cyber bullying, uh, in-person bullying, the importance of being kind. Um, and that, that ties, you know, from, from athletics that when you're a winner, I mean, everyone loves you. Everyone wants to be your best friend. They want to pay you money to come hang out here and, uh, have you wear this shirt now, you know, can you sign my, my, my book or my shirt or whatever? Uh, but, and then when you come down, they don't care about you at all. And a lot of them hate you actually. So it, it I, I really focus on relationships and, and kindness and why it's important. And I share, from my career, the, you know, the really low points of, of totally being attacked on social media, told you're worthless, you're a pathetic fighter, they should fire you. Um, and then I rounded out with the importance of your surroundings. You know, whether you're young or old, your, your surroundings shape you on a daily basis. It's one of the reasons that fitness and training has played such a pivotal role in my life is because that really dictates a lot about how I feel about myself. And as you mentioned, how it goes outward toward everything else that I do. So that th those are a few of the points that I, I focus on, um, you know, especially with young people, just, just painting the picture that it's not easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not going to be easy. This is the reality of the situation. And these are the ways that I've uh, persevered through it and kept on going. Yeah. And so let's talk about the, uh, like you stated, you know, the type of people that you keep around, what is something that you're telling these kids to look out for, to foster, uh, in order to keep those relationships or to keep relationships with the people, uh, that are going to be best for them. 
Yeah, and I, I just a couple minutes ago recorded an episode on my podcast about this using the uh, the kid's book, uh, Ramona the Brave by Beverly Cleary. I, I cover books and I talk about the lessons in those books. Um, some of the things that, you know, with, with a, uh, professional fighting, I use fighting because that's, that's what, that's what, that's the hook of my story. But the reality that I can't do it alone, I don't do it alone. I need other people. I need someone to hold mitts. I need a sparring partner. I need, uh, like a manager or an agent to deal with all this contracts and stuff that I don't, am not good at dealing with and, or don't want to deal with. I talk to the kids about, you know, real relationships, what real relationships look like. Uh, it doesn't mean much in the here and now. It might not mean that much to a kid if they're getting like bullied by their ex group of friends and they're alone at home crying about it. It might not mean that much for me to explain the reality of the situation that, hey, these these people don't really care about you. But when they, when comes the time to heal, to move forward, they're going to remember that and they're going to think, I get it now. And then they're going to be on the lookout for people who genuinely care about them for who they are, not, not kind of a, a flash in the pan or at the moment type relationship. Um, influences, positive influences or negative influences. If you, you th think of the people you're around and how strongly of an influence they have on you and you're able to kind of, I mean, I do it myself. I kind of self-select. I use social media and I, I share this with them as well. But, you know, your social media accounts can be a self-selection of where I want to go in my life and who I want to be around. You know, I, I don't follow random people. I follow people, you know, the, the obligatory follow, I, I don't do, right? I, I follow people that inspire me and uplift me. And it, it's all strategy and you have to, 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 to actually just do it and take the action. But... Those are some of the ways that you can actively seek out, uh, you know, a healthy environment around you. Mm, no, I think that's very good and very important that you uh, that you speak to, uh, you know, utilizing social media, how it uh, how it most how it probably should be used. Yeah. Um, you know, to surround yourself with positive influences in a world where every form of influence is at your fingertips and filtering through the good ones and the bad ones. Um, you know, I think it's, it's a, it's a struggle to find, you know, you may, you may see somebody on the TV, you know, on a, on a, on a show or whatever it is that you've been watching and you see a certain side of that person, uh, but then you can dig into them a little bit more and a little bit more and you realize, okay, here's some values that they have that I strongly disagree with. So this isn't someone I'm going to follow. And if we just allow ourselves to look at that person at a top level, you know, we may be potentially exposing ourselves to someone who's influencing us uh, in the wrong direction. Yeah. And, and I also strive to mention, and as I did in the episode today, you, it's not foolproof, right? I mean, especially if you're a kid, but I mean, even you and me, I mean, there are people in our lives that we, we have to deal with that we'd rather not deal with, you know, wh whether they're just outright, uh, Debbie Downer or whether they're actually mean to us, whether they make us feel less than, you know, especially for a kid, you know, family circle. A lot of kids don't come from a, a positive home environment. So it's like you can only do what you can do, you know, but as in anything in life, if, if you want to improve your situation or if you want to uh, increase your chances of success, you have to do something. 
and you, you can only do what you can do. So you, you pick from that list and, and say, okay, what things can I do? And then gradually, incrementally, you improve the situation. Okay. Yeah. So that was going to be my question is, do you feel like starting from, from a child who, as you stated, nobody, they don't really have a say in a lot of the people that they have to, um, have to be around or, you know, have to kind of, you know, quote unquote deal with, uh, would you say that that, that group of people, those, those potentially, you know, whether that's a negative influence or somebody who's just not the best leader or, uh, just not the best uh, person to, to be providing guidance or, you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be, would you say that that circle gets smaller as you get older because you're able to make more choices? So ultimately, you know, you say sometimes we can choose, uh, sometimes we can't choose who we have to deal with and we have to put up with some of these, you know, less than desirable traits in people. But I think that that, get, that becomes less and less as we get older. If, if we're, paying attention to it. Yeah, that that's a key right there if you're paying attention to it. So, you know, it, it, getting back to the 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 beginnings, right, where you can't choose. You know, I come from a supportive family environment. You know, I I really couldn't have asked for more. So, if a kid comes to me and says, "You don't know because you're not in my situation." I can say, "You're right. I don't know, but I do know there are people who are in situations like yours or worse than yours who have succeeded." Right. Who have gotten out of that situation little by little and, and have turned the tables so that there is always hope because there are always other stories to point to. And that, that's where schools come in. And that's why it's such a shame that our reality is such with a lot of schools being closed. You know, I, I feel the importance of kids being in school is of the utmost importance of everything that's going on right now, like getting kids healthily in schools, safely in schools, to me is, is just about priority number one. And because in schools, there are, there are resources, there are, are, just as there are negative resources, right? But if a kid is really looking for, hey, I need help, schools are, are the, the accessible to everyone, free place to get that help. Um, and then the, the second part of the question, yeah, I think as you get older, it certainly it, it it can. I mean, my ideal. I read a book one once called the the uh, the boys in the boat, and it's about I think it was nineteen thirty six um, uh, Olympic gold medal rowing team, and these guys were like not supposed to win, and they were they were a, bu a bunch of college kids really that went on to defeat Germany, you know, like Nazi Germany at this time, and. Their, their boat builder, the guy who made their boats, there was a quote in the book that was, uh, he, he was like a real craftsman and he paid attention to the detail. And it was a lifelong pursuit of the ideal to make the perfect boat, right? Lifelong pursuit of the ideal. So I operate on like, all right, what's the ideal? The ideal is you're not around idiots. <laughs> you're not around people <laughs> who drain energy. You're not around, like that's, people will say, well, that's just not real. Okay, well, how close can I get to that being real? So if you are intentional about it in the little decisions you make, you can just about get to the point where, yeah, you're surrounded with uplifting, positive people and your negative interactions are at a minimum. Absolutely. And it's, it's tough by all means, you know, to tell someone if, if it comes to that, most of the time you don't have to have that confrontational, uh, you know, conversation where you're telling somebody, Hey, 
uh, things between you and I just aren't working out, I think it's time for us to part ways. Very rarely have I come across that. Most of the time, it's as simple as distancing yourselves and, uh, you know, they find another path and you find another path. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think that they have to be controversial to start narrowing down their inner circle. Uh, so that they can start filling it with uh, with more positive people. And that's not always the case. There may be some times that you do just got to be firm, uh, but not, not, not all the time. Yeah, it does. You're spot on there. It does not take much, you know, uh, because when you get older and life just freaking goes like, I mean, the amount of time I talk to my best friends is few and far between. You know, we're all freaking have little kids and are up to our eyeballs and stress and tiresomeness and and it's so, so even my best friends i don't talk to in depth multiple times a week so people who are on the fringe like that it's not going to take long before you just naturally fall out of touch uh and obviously they're going to want a reciprocal energy and if they're not feeling it from you they're going to start to think i don't really know that i want to be around that guy you know not really understanding why it's that way but it really doesn't matter because your your goal is to distance yourself from that person Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've brought up a lot of examples about uh, books that you've read. Um, and I know just from from looking into what you've got going on, the podcast being one of them, but you're also a, a two-time author. Tell us a little bit about this uh, infatuation with books that you have. Yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder where, why, and where it came from, why it is that way, what my infatuation is with it. And, and it, it, I think it's just I'm, I'm a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but I'm obsessive. And, and I think I, I got a lot of that out through sports, through wrestling and, and through fighting. I was able to really dedicate, you know, it was my purpose to, to those things. And then when they ended, I floundered, floundered for a little bit. And, you know, then I started speaking and I, I wrote my first book. But really, it wasn't until the podcast got going a little bit. And actually, it was our, our mutual friend here, Jim Harshaw, who planted in me. So this is how it happened. You know, I, I had always read, I was an academic meaning I got good grades, but I didn't necessarily love learning. I just, I knew how to study. I was very consistent so I could memorize and I could get the grade. And then, you know, as Jim and I were starting our kind of new careers of podcasting and speaking, um, he said to me, man, you should find a way to be able to do like a daily piece of content. And by that point I had started to read more simply because I was bored and I didn't have anything to devote my time and my purpose to. And I thought, wow, that could work. I'm already reading. I'll just talk about what I'm reading because books have inherent value, right? Like learning has inherent value. And so I, I, I just started doing it and, and it turned into, you know, a, a healthy obsession, I guess. But I mean, I look at reading like, working out. I, I, f I just feel like I have to do it. And I, it's not like a pressure. It's like, uh, there's, there's value that I get from it. Um, but it also helps me improve my skills and makes me a better conversationalist, et cetera. But I just, you know, post fighting, it was, it was like, I had all this energy and focus and uh, dedication that I needed to steer in a direction. And uh, that plus what Jim said, plus the evolution of the show really, drove me into these books and I, I just can't not, <laughs> I just can't not do them. Right. I just can't not do it. I can't not, uh, read and 
tell everyone what I'm reading and hopefully get them to read it too. And I just, uh, I find myself in this spot where it's right and it's good. And it's, you know, the other day my dad said, do you even make any money from your podcast? And I said, no, dad, I don't, but I do not know why I can't quit doing it. (laughs) So my hope, my hope is that I eventually make money from a podcast, but I just love it, man. And the books, they just freaking like get me in a way that, that very little things in life get me reading about the dust bowl. It's like, Holy smokes. Like, I don't know. There's so much to it. It, it, It's just like a person would feel passionate about art or something. I feel that way about books. Uh, Yeah. And one of the words that stuck out to me was, uh, was obsessive. And I I know there's plenty of other words we could use for that, but I think that that actually, that actually nails a similarity between, uh, between your personality and mine in a sense of, you know, I think we're obsessive when it comes to growth obviously books are one of the first things anyone thinks about when they think, okay, I need to learn more things. I need to learn more about this. Well, nine times out of 10, man, I would, I would actually say 10 times out of 10 with, with how much, how much access we have to resources, you can find what you're looking for in a book. So what are your thoughts on people who aren't obsessive like you and I, can that trait, uh, can that quality be taught or is there some connection that needs to be made that somebody becomes obsessive? about this, uh, this growth and learning journey, whether that's books or whatever else. Yeah, I do. I do think it can be learned. I mean, that that's kind of my point in what I do. And so, and I don't think people need to become obsessive. I don't, I don't, I mean, there are people very successful people who say, I don't read it. It takes too long. I don't like it. I can get more out of a 30 minute podcast interview, which is, uh, uh, you know, to each his own, you're probably right to you. You do get more. I love podcasts as well. And and you touched on something. It's not just books. My show is not just books. Like I do interviews as well. Uh, I also listen to a lot of podcasts. So I'm, I'm the books are, are my, my centerpiece, right? Um, There's a, uh, you know, the book, the power of habit. There's a, it's a really successful book and in it, they talk about habits, et cetera. And he, he talks about a thing called a keystone habit. And a keystone habit is like a small, kind of simple habit you do that that cascades into other habits. And and example, one of my keystone habits is drinking water, right? Having that on me at all times keeps me in tune with, hey, you live a healthy and fit lifestyle. So your choices are geared towards that, you know? So mm. books for me are that keystone habit that it just keeps me going, right? It keeps my learning journey. It keeps my mind going. Um, and so I, I don't, you know, I don't, I want you to read, but yeah, if you say, I want to listen to podcasts, I'll say, awesome, just do it. Right. Um, so yes, like you said, books are the foundation. Books are the first step. Um, I think if a person is not interested in learning or growth, some people frankly just aren't, I have people close to me who could care less. That's their philosophy on life where I'm a, a go-getter, step outside the box, embrace uncomfortability, et cetera. They are stay in my lane. Don't want to go outside of my lane. Perfectly happy here. Right. To those people. No, I mean, I'm going to convince you them to read just like they're going to convince me to stop reading. It's just not going to happen. But there's people in the middle. Right. Who are are they're not they're not like an anti-masker. Right. They're not saying I won't read books, period. You know, they're not saying that that they're. 
not saying, I don't want to learn. I like where I'm at, right? It's the people in the middle like, yeah, I never really thought of that. Tell me about it. And for those people, yeah, it's absolutely learnable, it, but it has to benefit them, right? It has to improve them. It has to, to give them a better, improve their life in some way. So then it would be like, oh, you're, you're let's speak generically, but oh, you, you want to you wanna learn more. You want to grow more. Yeah. How's your life situation? Tell me about it. Well, you know, I really love my kids. I'm a, man, my teenage, my teenager is really stuck to her phone. And blah, blah. Hey, here's a book, right, that talks about social media, talks about teenage use of social media um, and the, the effects of social media and how you can, you know, steer your kids away from social media or create a healthy, you know, using relationship with it. Huh. And then it becomes like a nugget, a piece of value, something that will help them out. Uh, same with fitness, same with, uh, nutrition, same with, uh, marital. Hey, you have a, a crappy marriage. Why don't you read the five love languages? Pretty stinking good book that can help your marriage. So it's like if you dangle in front of them, how it's going to benefit them, then that, that I think is a huge part of, of convincing them that, Hey, this, this learning thing or this growth thing, there might be some, uh, stock in it. Absolutely. I agree. And I think that, I think that that's something that I had to learn with uh, my wife. When we first got married, uh, we've been married about a year and a half now. When we first got married, you know, I was very much this growth driven individual. I was trying to get her to hop on the bandwagon train with me and uh, it just wasn't her thing. Well, um, are you familiar with, uh, with Ryan Mickler on the Order of Man podcast? Yeah. So he, uh, he, he, he's talked a little bit on there about getting to know what it is that they're interested in. And it's, it could just be a very small interest. It could just be something that's very, very slight. Um, and then, you know, buy them a book on it or, you know, uh, get them a, uh, get them a free uh, course for it or, you know, send them a video on it and whatever it is, you just start helping them see how they can really start to reach after these interests that they have and just by just by putting some 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 things right in front of them it may not have anything to do with what it is you're doing, but you're able to drop a little bit right in front of them. And then sooner or later, they start to pick it up and go with it. And there's things that you two can relate on now, even though the topic itself might not be something you guys agree on or share an interest in. But it's the uh, the journey uh, of of learning, of growing. And I mean, you, you call your uh, you refer to yourself as world's toughest lifelong learner. Uh, so, you know, I think that's something that is, it can apply to all facets of, you know, whatever that is for somebody. Yeah. And it, it's like that, that idea, you know, the world's toughest lifelong learner, that that's an aspiration. And that's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, very generically speaking here, like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kick your butt and then we can go have a, a really deep conversation about important stuff. You know, that's the kind of person I want to be. You know, that, that, that's as a professional fighter. I mean, your whole your whole goal is to win the fight. And so I think putting those two things together, marrying the idea of learning and toughness. And it really is like, I mean, we talk about tools. Right. You, you go to therapy and they give you tools to work through this, that, the other thing. Like, what are tools? It's, it's not an actual hammer. Like, it's it's a thought process. It's a framework. It's a strategy. It's a, a way of approaching. It's a reframing. Like, th those are tools. And to me, the most accessible, 
cheapest, enjoyable way to get those tools is like through reading books and then segue that into podcast interviews, segue that into listening to podcasts. Like there's so much out there for the taking right at our fingertips. Agree. So I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, your, because your first book driven is a lot about your, your backstory. Uh, now, uh, obviously becoming the world's toughest lifelong learner. I'd love to get into that. Is there, is there anything from driven that you think our listeners would get a good, uh, a good chunk of value from? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, you know, there, there are two different books, uh, driven. I think you'll get, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of both books. I think driven you'll, you'll, you'll really get like, whether you're a fan of fighting or not. And I mean, the review speaks for themselves, but whether you're a review of whether you're a fan of fighting or not, I mean, it, 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 we love like the hero's journey and that book is, is, a an open book screening of this is what it's like to be a, a regular kid from a small town, doubt yourself, work really hard, go on a couple of detours and wind up in a spot that you never even dreamed that could happen. Uh, and a lot of behind the scenes along the way, I, I talk about, you know, the training and the coaches. I talk about the, some behind the scenes aspects of professional fighting with, or, you know, the, the lower levels with ticket sales and opponents dropping out and injuries. Uh, I talk about, I, I had a stroke when I was 29. So I go into details about that. I shattered my eye socket, uh, what it's like to, you know, get married during your professional fighting career, have a baby during that career. Um, you know, for fight fans, there, there's some nuggets in there about, uh, my Rick story fight, which, which was a last minute kind of real life Rocky story. Um, I had a run in with John Jones one time that, that I, I talk about in my book. So there, you know, there's a lot of kind of real life stuff, but also a lot of fight fan stuff. And then, uh, becoming the world's toughest lifelong learner. I smile about it. I think you would love it. And I'm, I'm completely basing that on the fact that you interviewed Jim, you interviewed me, you know, Ryan, you're in this kind of industry that I'm in, but it is the, the, the second part of, all right. So I had this decently successful fighting career. Now I'm starting a whole new thing. I'm going to use the stuff I did before. But boy, this is really hard, and this is what it looks like to try and start something. Um, and it, again, it's a it's a uh, an open faced sandwich of a book, meaning I don't pull any punches. I share everything the the pitfalls, the false expectations, the realities, uh, but then also the good stuff. So that book is more so for someone who's one either interested in my my personal story. Uh, but two, if you're looking to start something, if you have an idea, you want to start something, a podcast, writing books, uh, transitioning a job or career, and, and you just need some know-how as well as some fuel to take that step. Oh yeah, no, I think that's, I think you're right. That's right up my alley. Uh, and forgive me, I worded that horribly when I asked if anyone would get uh, value from driven, of course they would. Uh, that wasn't what I meant when I asked that question. So, uh, I apologize for that. No, um, I, I did. I didn't even think of it to be honest. <laughs> okay, good. I certainly did. Um, that's awesome, man. And with the, with, with the podcast as well, you know, you giving us insight on all of these other books that you've been reading because because they're tidbits, you know, you're not going into a huge, long launched, uh, you know, conversation about the book. Uh, you know, you're giving us good tidbits here and there of different aspects of each book that you've read. I uh, just having been able to check out a couple episodes between when you and I got connected and today, 
I see your podcast as uh, definitely a tool that I'm going to be using to look into more books. I'm trying to uh, get to where I can read a book a month. So I also want to ask you, how many books do you read? Because you have thousands of episodes on there and you do a, a podcast episode a day. How many books do you read uh, a month or a day? Like what's, what's, your, what's your total? Yeah. So when I started the show, I really didn't have a timetable. I, you know, I'd pick a book that was a hundred pages or a book that's 300 pages and I didn't really have a timetable. It, it kind of coincided with, with my week being like, all right, well, how much can I read today? You know, like at the end of the week, it was kind of like, how much did I read? Okay. So I would have anywhere from normally five, uh, probably about seven to 12 episodes per book. Um, some of them, I think like, uh, you know, the, the, the one su success principles, the book, um, I think I spent a whole month on that book and I parsed out, you know, a, a handful of, of a little bit about each lesson. But after a while, this was kind of because of COVID, you know, my listener base is not very big, but it's pretty, pretty loyal. Um, and so I, I just sent out some, some questions and, and it seemed like some people were saying, either just do one episode a week or spend one week per book. And I don't want to do one episode per week. Um, one, because I just don't want to, because I have a personal system of, of reading and note taking and, and I like it. Um, at the same time, there are other shows that do one book a week and, and it's just a little bit of a differentiator. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, I'll just commit to a book a week. And so that's what I do. I cover a book a week on my show and I'm probably about three weeks ahead. I try to stay three weeks ahead just in case I, there's a long book that I want to read. But um, yeah, so I spend five episodes. I take, you know, the, the Monday through Friday work week and I, I do five episodes uh, on one book and then I move on to the next book. But to me, it's not really about and this is honest, it's not just like a, a humble brag, but it, it really isn't like a race to how many books I can read because I read relatively slowly and I note take meticulously and I'm obsessive. So to me, like what, what I pride myself on isn't the fact, hey, I, I cover a book a week, but rather how I cover it. Like if you had seen my journals, they're, they're meticulous, like they're, they're, they're just, I'm proud of the journals, right? That's my time, that's knowledge, that's, that's, that's research. Uh, and I'm really proud of the preparation. So it's it's like I read the book, I take the notes, I record the episode. So I'm just building a database for you and for me of recall. Like if I'm ever given a talk and they want to focus on, you know, the time period of the 20s and 30s. Now I have this book on the Dust Bowl that I can go back and refresh. If I'm giving a talk and they want to talk about social media usage, I can go back to Digital Minimalism series and I can go back to... Uh, the Irresistible series, which I'll be doing here in the near future. So it's creating an archive and a database. And at the root of the show, I think document documenting is awesome. I think documentaries are awesome. I keep uh, training journals that I fantasize that my kids are going to love to look at someday. Uh, these journals uh, I keep hoping that my kids will appreciate them someday. And at the root, this show is a uh, it's kind of a, a guide on how to live life for myself and for my kids. And, you know, when I'm when I'm gone and my kids don't have their dad anymore, I think it will be pretty stinking awesome for them to have a daily audio record of, of what I think, what I feel, what I'm learning. And I also kind of splice in their little messages to them, you know, periodically uh, talking directly to my kids. And so that's, 
you know, the, the, the root of the structure of it, the format of it, uh, and why I do it. That's, that's awesome. I'd never thought about the, uh, the audio, you know, documentation for your kids. I, uh, I love to journal. Uh, and I've always thought, man, I can't wait to have a library filled with journals that when I'm, when I'm dead and gone, someone can pull that off and, and, and get a look into my mind yeah. uh, from way back then. But I never thought about it in as, as an audio concept and what this podcast is doing uh, for, for my future generations as well. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, so, okay. You, you read so many books. I would love to get um, a recommendation from you and, you know, have it be whatever you would like, you know, what would you recommend to, uh, to listeners of peace with the process, uh, for a book to read? So why don't you get, let's, let's do a couple of these. Why don't you give me a, a topic, an area of focus, a concern or something, and then I'll, I'll give a book. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. I can definitely do that. Uh, so let's go with, um, I'm a big one for time management. That's one thing that I, I focus a lot around. So what do you have for that? So uh, I, the two really popular ones, obviously, four-hour work week. And um, uh, a guy named David Allen wrote Getting Things Done. Different time, like I, they're not my first two recommendations, but those are definitely really popular books there. I think in this, this is a book that I mentioned earlier, um, Digital Minimalism, Digital Minimalism affected me profoundly and and that has to do with digital minimalism you know like social media usage phone usage technology usage but i feel like a lot of my problem anyway with time management and and just kind of like clarity and presence had to do with my phone so i would highly recommend that book um especially if the time management organization pertains to man i'm on my phone too much Hmm, right. Okay. I like that one. I really do. Uh, what do you have for, uh, let's, let's just use the title of this podcast. So uh, peace with the process. So, you know, being at peace with the long, uh, I like the way Simon Sinek puts it, the long, uh, infinite game of, of the process. Yeah. Th this is about as, so like um, if I say spiritual, this is about as spiritual or far out a uh, book that I've read that I really was drawn to. But The Untethered Soul is a book that I really like. Um, and it, it's, you know, there are some books that are really abstract and really kind of out there. Uh, Untethered Soul was not one of them, right? To me anyway. I really enjoyed it. It has to do with, you're talking peace with the process. It has to do with experience in spirits out you know and and that was just a really comforting book for anyone who's kind of stuck in a rut or thinking like how do i keep going or this is so hard um i read that book last summer and it had a really big effect on me okay nice i like that i'll have to give that one a look into as well all right last one and this one would be for my future son i have a son on the way he's going to be born around june of uh, 2021 and I want to make sure that as he gets older and is able to, to start reading, uh, that I'm giving him books that are going to get him on the lines of thinking the way you and I think in terms of, you know, growing and, uh, you know, learning and uh, learning from mistakes in order to get better the next time. 
Yeah. So in the the uh, so if we have this conversation in a year from now and you ask me that question, I'm 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 my my hope is to point to my book that I'm going to write that will do just that. Um, but in the meantime, I, I would point to Jocko's books, uh, the Warrior Kid series. I think mm. the, the 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 Warrior Kid way of the Warrior Kid, it, it, it they're so good for for a kid. So I have a, an online school called Spaniard School. You know, my nickname's a Spaniard. The, the school is called the Spaniard School, and it basically teaches character. It teaches all the things that that I've lived through wrestling and fighting, the things that we've been talking about, and it, it puts them into digestible courses or classes. And I, I create those lessons talking to a middle schooler, right? That, that's, I'm looking at my camera. That's who I'm talking to. The middle school stretches to high school, not, not too far off, right? It's relatively connected. But the truth is, just like these Warrior Kid books, like I'm talking to you, right? I'm talking to you right now. I'm talking to the guy inside of you that is self-conscious, that is afraid, that uh, doesn't believe in himself that has maybe some people say the podcast is never going to work. What are you doing? I can't reach out to this person. They're going to say no, all that fear and anxiety. Like it doesn't just turn off when you get out of middle and high school. So I, I create the classes on the Spaniard school to, to, to deliver to a middle and high schooler. But the truth is I'm talking to you too. And I'm talking to me probably most of all, I'm talking to me. The warrior kid <laughs> books are exactly that same way. It's like, I remember when I, I was reading, I think it was the first one. This was back during, b- before COVID. Um, and I didn't yet have a home office and I would go to either Starbucks or Panera and I would Panera bread and I would work. And I remember I was sitting in Panera bread reading this warrior kid book, like getting so freaking amped and pumped and like, just, just, just like a giddy kid who's ready to get up and get after it. Um, and I loved it. And so, it, you know, the books are written for kids, but they're, they're just as powerful for grownups. But I would point him toward that, that series. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome. I've, I've heard uh, a lot about them, but I've never picked them up myself. Uh, but I like how you tie that together. You know, that was probably one of the reasons I never picked it up is because, you know, it's directed for kids. But just as you say, I, and I completely agree, there are plenty, plenty of lessons in life that we just never overcame uh, from childhood. They stick with us and they continue to stick with us. And we just continue to overcome them at different levels of our lives but at the foundation of it, it's still the same, uh, you know, the same insecurity, uh, the same obst- uh, mental obstacle that I we've was, dealt with. This morning I was working out and uh, most of the time I, I listen to podcasts when I work out. Sometimes I'll, I'll go to Sirius XM and listen to 80s or 90s. Uh, but today I went to YouTube and I taped in 90s. Uh, I think it was like 90s punk pop, right? Like the uh, the Good Charlotte and the Sum 41 and Blink-182 which yeah. was, you know, I'm 39. So that was, you know, like my heyday. I love that stuff. And, uh, the one song, I forget the title of the song, but, uh, it was high school never ends. Um, and it was like, whether that's the title of the song or, you know, it's a, a poppy punk song from the nineties, early two thousands, but it was like, man, I was listening to those lyrics singing years. It's so true. It just, it never ends. You know, it, it, it you think it does, you think it might, but it never ends. It's evident when you go back to your high school reunions and it's still, everyone's separated. Everyone's, you know, like, can we go over there? Should we talk to them? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's, you know, it's like that, that sense of, of, uh, the same, it's the same thing. This uncertainty. So it does not end and it lasts probably forever. Um, I just love kind of tackling that stuff and bringing it out in the open and helping people old and young kind of get through it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'm sure I've said that several times, even just getting into, uh, you know, the, the workforce coming out of high school, uh, personalities, you start to easily, uh, pinpoint people be like, okay, that was, that was that guy in high school. Well, well, they still are. (laughs) Yeah. And and yeah. And it's sad. Well, the sad truth is they literally are the same people, knuckleheads that still do and say the same things they did when they were 17 and 18. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Well, this has been a amazing conversation. I think we've hit a ton of really, really good topics. Um, but I think we're about to wrap it up. So let us know where we can follow you. I know we've, we've mentioned it all, but, but put it all in a basket for, for our listeners, uh, where we can keep up with you and what you have going on. Yeah. So probably first I would say hop on, you know, if you're on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using right now to listen to this show, uh, search out the Spaniard show, click subscribe. I I put out content. I put out seven episodes a week. Five of the seven are eight minutes or less. Um, so that's the Spaniard show. And then my website is Charlie, my first name and Spaniard, my nickname, charliespaniard.com. There I have links to my reading list. And I want to, I don't know if you checked out my reading list or not, but so I created, it's like a, basically an interactive reading list. So every, it takes a lot of work. So please utilize it. <laughs> but, uh, for every book I cover, I include the links. I include a short uh, kind of my take on the book And then I include all the podcast episodes that I do about the book on that same page. So it's like a trial. Like, you, you, oh, that book looks good. Let me read about it. Okay, let me listen to an episode or two. Yeah, I like this book. And then you go get the book. And you're helping support the show. So the reading list I'm super proud of. And then, uh, you know, on my website as well is my links to my speaking, which is virtual these days, as well as uh, Spaniard School. And again, Spaniard School just teaches character and social emotional skills to young people. So, you know, if, whether you get it for yourself or for your, your kid or, you know, for your students, I encourage you to check that all out again at charliespaniard.com. Yeah, absolutely. Guys do that. Check it out. Um, I'm looking at the reading list right now. Uh, cause I did, I heard you mention it in one of your podcasts and, uh, it's beautiful. You know, you get, you get a lot of these books here and there's you click load more posts who love reading and they're always looking for you know the next golden nugget uh you know that an offer is and that an author is able able to offer up uh, so definitely utilize this tool that uh, that charlie's done and put together for you guys um man again thank you so much for coming on the show it's been an honor i really enjoyed it buddy thanks for having me on There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Charlie Brenneman, the Spaniard. How cool is that, man? He's made so many different transitions in his life, uh, and all of it just pieces together to really create, uh, you know, an amazing experience for all the kids that he's able to impact, uh, in today's world. Also check out that podcast. Um, you're looking for some books. I actually was using his, uh, his website and stumbled across a book called uh, Rules for a Night by Ethan Hawke. It's a very short, uh, very easy read. Uh, it's actually very amazing. I love this book. Uh, I will probably be passing this book down uh, as many generations as possible. Um, but I found this on his website in the resources that he has for all the listeners who listen to the podcast to find great and amazing books. Definitely use him as a resource. This is your new year. 
We talked about how you spend your time. I would definitely suggest, never tell you what to do, but I would definitely suggest using some of your time toward reading books. If you don't like reading, audiobooks are great too. I do audiobooks. I actually, actually, I do both. Um, for books that I'm not able to kind of speed read through, I'll most likely get them on uh, on audiobook. If it's a, uh, a nonfiction book where I'm able to sit down and kind of do uh, do some of my speed reading through it, I'll do that. That way I can just soak up as much knowledge as possible. Uh, for me, it's just a great way to, uh, to take a break whenever I need to take a break from working on uh, the podcast or uh, working on other things. It's just kind of a great segue. I'll read a little book. I'll read a little bit of a book and then I'll, uh, I'll take a nap. So Charlie's, uh, podcast is an amazing resource. His website is an amazing resource. Take advantage of those resources. Now I did notice that in my intro, I was listening back to that again. Uh, I'm definitely not used to saying 2021 just yet. So you may have caught it a couple times where I was saying these are some of the great things that we have going on or have coming up in 2020. I meant 2021, obviously, and you knew that. So I want to reiterate, if you are wanting to plan to have an amazing year, but you're not quite sure where to start, or you just want to have somebody in your corner that can get specific about what you're going through, reach out to me. I want to help you with managing your time. I want to be in your corner in your corner to really champion you through this year because planning for it is the only way that this year is going to be an amazing year otherwise we're just allowing our circumstances to dictate how our year is going to be so if that interests you if that's something that you want to take advantage of from me as uh, as an opportunity i'm offering up to all of our listeners go ahead and head over to peacewiththeprocess.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom. There is a contact uh, form you can fill out, shoot me a message, or you can just shoot me a message on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, our LinkedIn page, uh, or Clubhouse. Those are all the different platforms that we're on today. Now, throughout this month of January, I will go ahead and just to the listeners of the podcast, uh, I'll do one free one hour phone call. Um, so that's going to be kind of a, uh, hey, let's get together and talk about uh, how you're currently spending your time. What are some great first steps you can start incorporating to uh, to get yourself set up? I know we talked about the values. That's going to be great. So you can actually get the most out of our conversation if you go ahead and start working on your values. Go watch the YouTube videos over that article or read the article. Go ahead and get that part done. That way, when you come back to me for our free phone call, we can spend a whole hour going over how your day uh, lines up or doesn't line up with those values and some amazing ways that you can make some shifts in your life uh, and, and how we can build an amazing routine for you to be able to combat all the crazy things that are going to go on this year and ways for you to plan on you know just setting yourself up for amazing opportunities. Everybody's situation is different, so I have to keep it very vague. Whatever it is you want to accomplish in life is what we're going to direct this toward. So I just want you to know that your your values play an important role in this. That's why I put it out there first. So once you do that, then come holler at me, and we'll spend that hour on really getting some uh, actionable items down for how your future is going to look and how you can start planning for all of that. 
So do that. Shoot me a message. Um, and then in that message, just, uh, just let me know that you heard on the podcast. And that way you get your, uh, your free one hour. So, guys, I want to thank you again for having uh, stuck with me, having been on this show for, uh, since we started back in November. I couldn't be more excited. I know we have several of you who have been listening since day one. I want to thank you so, so much. Um, if you want to see this podcast continue to go and continue to move forward, uh, then just hang out. I have no, I have no desire to quit, but I will say, uh, it, it helps out all the better if you give this show a rating and review. If you don't listen on uh, on iTunes, please just head over there real quick and uh, leave us a rating and review. It helps get this uh, podcast out there and available to anyone and everyone, so that they can have an opportunity to listen in to the amazing guests and conversations that we have on this show. There's amazing tools and resources that we offer up, which reminds me, if you have not signed up for our insight emails, you can get that as well on our website at uh, peacewiththeprocess.com. Scroll down to the bottom. You can put in your information to subscribe to our insight emails. You're going to get immediate access. So when our episode drops at 6 a.m. every Tuesday morning, central time, you're going to get an email that gives you the link to go directly to the uh, the podcast episode. Or if you're in the middle of something, which I know a lot of you guys probably have a nice put together uh, morning routine. If you don't, holler at me. Let's get that built for you. Um, but if you've got something going on and you're not able to hop right over to the podcast, then just pull up that uh, that email and do a good little read through of all the different resources that we spoke about on the show. So like today, if you've subscribed to that email, you will have a link to the contact me portion. Actually, you can just respond back to that email uh, with your, uh, your wanting to, uh, to work together. And I'll know that you've heard about it on the podcast because you're subscribed to the emails. So that's, that actually works out even better. If you're already subscribed, just respond back to that email. Say, hey, I want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I've got my values written down. Uh, what are some of the next steps that we can do to planning for an amazing 2021? All right, guys, get out there, get after it, start planning for an amazing year. That's the only way that we are going to have one. We cannot let our circumstances determine how our year is going to be this year. All right, guys, I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being dedicated listeners of the show. I will see you guys next time on Peace with the Process.